in this episode. We talk about actual NBA games, and we're going to talk about every single one of them. Get ready, and welcome to Dimes. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for clicking on the Dimes pod once again. JR, the NBA has begun. We had so many games yesterday. What was your favorite one? So we have uh, Evan, friend of the pod, and his girlfriend, Sophia. She's from Memphis, went to school in Memphis. So she's a Grizzlies fan. And I love the Knicks. So we kind of had a little battle uh, last night, uh, which went into overtime. So that was that was my favorite game of last night. Cool, cool, cool. I can't wait to talk about it when we talk about every single game, folks. We're going to start, as we always do, with a little bit of fire or ice. We have some headlines flying across the NBA sphere already. And we will start with Zach Levine already out, a surprise out against the Heat. Uh, last night for load management on his knee. Had the whole offseason to be healthy, and he decided, no, I'm not ready yet for some reason. JR, is this fire or is this ice? I think this might have some fire behind it. Team last year dealt with some injuries. This year, already have Lonzo out. If Zach Levine's going to be added to that in and out, you know, never really know which games, maybe this isn't that serious. This has a little ember at least behind it. <laughs> a little ember i think it's ice just in the way that it doesn't really matter what the bulls do just because their ceiling is relatively low and their floor is eh, relatively high in terms of like how bad it could possibly go for the bulls i mean they had a really injury riddled season last year and it's not like they were the third worst team in the eastern conference or anything so i'll say ice just a little weird to start the season with kind of no warning, just being out already. Another person who we did actually have a little warning for was Chris Middleton. But they didn't say he's back in a couple weeks. They said Chris Middleton out for the first few weeks of the regular season. Is this fire or ice? Uh, I think this one is ice. I feel a little differently than the Zach Levine one because we knew he was out. He's recovering from a pretty major injury. So like he's been out and he's still continuing to be out. So like if he was if he was like he's definitely going to play game one and then tip off happened and he wasn't on the court. Hey, what happened there? There's some fire. But this one is completely cold ice for me. It's like if Zion last year when they were like, oh, yeah, he's a play opening game and then never played one time. Never. Right. So I agree. Continuing the path. And also they have Giannis. So. How could how bad could it possibly be if Chris Middleton's out there? <laughs> and finally, what a weird thing to say from Russell Westbrook. He says, "My I injured my hamstring because I came off the bench. Is this fire or is this ice? This is like a continuing fire. This is not the start <laughs> of a fire. The fire's been raging and he just poured like a little bit of more gasoline on top of it, I think, because a lot of people were trying to point out like, hey, he didn't actually say I got hurt because Ham put me on the bench instead of starting me. But what he said was, you know, I got hurt because I came off the bench and guess who put him on the bench? So uh, the fire still rages. Yeah, the fire rages. I love that. The fire has the fire subdued it all in Los Angeles should really be our just continual question to start this segment. And the answer is no. It kind of got wiped by the Warriors. We'll talk about that and more right after this break. The 
very first game of the NBA season, Philadelphia 76ers going in to Boston. No Robert Williams. Sixers, extremely healthy. Celtics won. <laughs> we all saw it. It's on TNT. Chuck was there. He was saying, Ernie, we were back. The NBA was back. What were your initial thoughts from this ending up not being that close of a game between the Celtics and the Sixers? Yeah, I was clearly pretty high on the Sixers, and I still am. Let's not overreact too much, even though they were only reacting to one game here. But I picked them as my first round pick, I think, in our winner winner chicken dinner draft last week. And they got pretty manhandled by the Celtics. I think that's more of a case of the Celtics are really good still, uh, despite all their issues. And uh, this is one of the few teams that the Sixers will look that bad against. Uh, possibly the best team in the Eastern Conference. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown looked fantastic. Jason Tatum's offensive game just continues to improve every year. And the problem still with the Sixers is if they don't play thigh bowl, then they don't have that lockdown perimeter defender. P.J. Tucker will get into you and do some weird stuff, but he's not going to stop Jason Tatum from doing a step back three or blowing right past him into the paint. And Embiid didn't look like he could hang athletically with the Celtics in that game. You saw the same thing? Yeah, we kind of praised him last year for like finally getting into pretty good shape. And because of his conditioning or something, he didn't look super locked in. On the defensive side of the ball, the Celtics mm -hmm. uh, are kind of able to do whatever they want, like just go around him, you know, which is unlike him. I mean, he's a contender for defensive player of the year for sure. Yeah, most years. We'll see if he maybe he hung out with Harden too much this summer. I guess someone's got to eat the snacks if Harden's getting thin, which he did look a little thinner. Sure, he did look a little more slim. Adding to the athleticism of the Celtics, I was really stunned by how much Malcolm Brogdon actually looked like he could impact this team positively. I mean, he is the guy off the bench, him and Grant Williams, but Brogdon's the creator for sure. And I guess thinking back, I don't really know the last time I saw Malcolm Brogdon play because I was talking to you earlier and I was like, even if I wanted to see him play, there was like a 12% chance that if I watched a Pacers game, he was going to be playing. Like it just, he wasn't around, but he's big. He is muscly. I didn't want to agree with Bill Simmons, but he was right. Brogdon can actually add something to this team when he's healthy. And if you got Tatum and Brown and smart Al Horford and dirty Marcus Smart, seems like a good squad to me. No, it seems really good. Their kind of weakness was, wow, does Jason Tatum really have to initiate the offense every time last year? I mean, Marcus Smart is the point guard. His focus is on the defensive side of the ball. Now... You can have Jason Tatum, you know, initiate some offense when the starters are in. But then when Brogdon comes in, that's what he does. You know, he can kind of score a little bit, but he's like, let me set up the offense. Um, it's kind of what they were missing. For the Sixers, how can they get better? I mean, obviously, if Embiid is the best player on the court, which he was not against the Celtics, it was Tatum. If Embiid's the best player, that solves a lot of issues. Can Tobias Harris, can that piece, the weird piece, can that be traded finally? And what would you want to see there instead of him? I was thinking the same thing. Tobias Harris's defense has never been great. And last night it was also really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that starting lineup, because he's just going to be playing with the starters more. He starts. Um, you, when you have Harden and Embiid to like very high usage offensive players. And then you have Maxi, who's like this budding, dare I say, star that they want him to be. Mm -hmm. Like he's going to get third option looks. Tobias Harris is sitting there with a huge contract, not playing defense, wanting shots as well. So he's not even, when he gets the ball, he's not even going to take like a smart shot. He's like, damn, I haven't shot in a long time. I'm <laughs> shooting. I'm just going to shoot. <laughs> so I wonder if a trade can happen and if it does, they should be targeting someone who maybe is okay with not scoring as much and will really hunker down on, on the defensive end. We'll talk about this guy a little later, but Bogdan Bogdanovich on the Pistons. Like, how many teams are kicking themselves, especially contenders, for not just doing that Pistons deal to get him off the team? Because, I mean, loves to pass, can shoot, 
I mean, sure, he's not as good a defense as Tobias Harris, but he's a way better fit. He's yeah. not particularly way worse than Toby. Good point. Yeah, he's not particularly worse because it's hard to be worse <laughs> than Toby, as we'll call him. <laughs> yeah, we'll call him a little Tobes. Um, the last thing I have to say about this is listening to the broadcast, their new interim coach, Joe Mazzula. They kept saying he's the youngest head coach in the league. I'm like, cool, great. Fun fact, chewing a lot of gum, being the young head coach. Then, last night, I was listening to the Nuggets Jazz game, watching it. They were calling Will Hardy the youngest head coach in the NBA. So they have to decide whether they're counting Joe Manzula as the interim, because this war will not stop until we get an official answer. And I won't <laughs> stop until I get an official answer. Yeah, I mean, just generally, when a coach is fired or has to leave for a certain reason, when an interim coach comes in, do you feel like they're a real head coach or do you not feel that way? This one's a little unique because he's just absolutely no one's there for a full year. How can you be the interim when it's like, this is my squad for a year? Right. And the Celtics weren't super clear. What happened? Like, is he back in the playoffs? I wouldn't think so. That'd be if he was just going to jump right in in the playoffs. I think that would throw a bunch of stuff up. I think he's out until next start of the season. Yeah, I didn't mean to stir anything up. Sorry about that, Celtics fans. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's blow right past that. Lakers at Warriors. Ring night for the Warriors. An easy breezy win. Didn't even look scared, even a little bit. Lonnie Walker was out there starting. Former Spur. A guy named Matt Ryan played. A guy named Austin Reeves played. They were both at some point guarding Steph Curry. Yeah. Um... Steph didn't even have that great of a game until the third quarter. Jordan Poole came in. They just kind of were toying with the Lakers. Was there any sign of life in Los Angeles, JR? There was. I mean, LeBron and AD had good games. Um, but like everyone has been saying, the rest of their roster is pretty poor. I will say Westbrook didn't even have that bad of a game. Yeah. He's He's not that great. I mean, if you're comparing it to last season, like... If he can give you that every game, which I think is a high bar to try to hit, <laughs> then like they have a little help. But clearly it's LeBron and AD and a bunch of people that aren't going to give them anything. Yeah, that's really they tough. They will get Schroeder back. They will get Schroeder in about a month. And if any other team was getting their third best player back, in a month, that'd be a pretty big deal. People seem to be glossing over that. Just a little niceness to the Lakers. Schroeder, now, there's a reason the Celtics, like, tr just traded him for nothing off their team last year. But they didn't want him to do what he does. They wanted him to facilitate. You're asking, like, a bird to swim that doesn't do it. You like, gotta let the bird fly, and Schroeder's a bird. And on the Lakers, they just need some offense. Any offense. Please, God. So, Schroeder could be their answer. And whatever Westbrook trade, possibly, but we said that's fire. We don't even know how that's gonna go. With the Warriors, my biggest takeaway from them was it must be exhausting to play them. Because even if you can hold off Curry, hold off Clay, hold off Jordan Poole, you run up on defense, the next wave of mega athletes just enters the court with Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Jamichael Green's not half bad, and they just sprinting, dunking. I don't even think Kaminga and Wiseman looked great, but they're just so strong and fast. Kaminga's 20. <laughs> I mean, they have so much to prove, and they need to come in and just dominate second units this whole year. No, those three young guys coming off the bench are going to be a nightmare for other teams, like you said. Um, Wiseman looked okay. Kaminka kind of struggled, but he got, like, mm -hmm. the second most minutes. And then Moody didn't play a ton, so we'll see if he, you know, we'll see which of those three really get minutes in the long term. They have a lot of guys. All of them can't play a ton every game this season, so maybe they'll come and go in waves depending on how they're playing if they keep winning like we talked about i don't even think this pool thing's ever going to be a big deal i mean maybe they don't like each other like companies have people who don't like each other and they're successful like that's okay let's 
move on. Wiggins is still a great defender. There's so many of the pieces of the puzzle are there. A couple pieces don't fit 100% with Green and Poole. But, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, how can, how can that really matter when all the talent is just streaming out of the Warriors? I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, uh, this team wasn't even really a test. We can't even take too much away from this game. The, mm. the Warriors need to play like a real team to see what they really look like. I mean, if the Spurs played like a high school team, <laughs> they look really good. <laughs> You're right. Maybe. Maybe. Like a, like a 5A high school. Like not that big. Um, well, we got a lot more games to cover. So we're just going to do our Number one thing we took from these games, because like I said, we're talking about all of them. And the first one kicking off Wednesday was Magic at Pistons. Pistons got that dub, but Paolo looked incredible. For me, I think for everybody, it was just those young guys. Kate and Jaden and Ivy starting right off with each other, sprinting down the court. Kate looked great. Paolo looked great. Franz Wagner looked great. These teams aren't tanking, I don't think. No way. I mean, and if you're a fan, you're like, we don't want these guys to tank. Look at what they can do. Like, they're young. Let's get them as much winning experience as they can now that they've kind of proven that what we saw was high-level high level basketball, especially mm -hmm. from Paolo. He looked incredible. <laughs> Just already huge. Like, oh, you're like legit 6'10". And can push people around and are going to do put pad dunks, have a smooth dribble, clean passes all around the court. His numbers five, new nickname, trying it out, courtesy of Ant Rome, Paolo Cinco. I like it. I'm loving it. Let's see yeah, how yeah. everyone else feels. Let's see how it takes. If you like it, tweet at us at DimesPod. <laughs> Any other things besides like, oh, these teams looked great and like, uh oh, what if they play the Bucks? Like, are they going to look <laughs> terrible? Like they kind of just both. It was two young teams playing each other, but all the young guys looked cool. Right. Extremely good point. Let's not expect too much when they play the Bucks. But in my mind now, I'm like, dang, OK, I kind of want to watch some more of these guys games. They, they're worth watching for sure. Weird game. Wizards Pacers. Probably not an Eastern Conference Finals preview. What do you think of this game, JR? I didn't pay much mind to this game. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't really know what I want to see out of the Pacers. Like, because I think that they're probably just going to trade and then be really bad. So, like, I don't even want to get excited about anything that they're doing. And the Wizards, kind of similar story. But I do like that Kuzma is, like, really owning the second option for the Wizards next to Beal. I mean, he he basically had a, as much offense as Beal did this game. I don't know if that's going to hold up, but he looked great. He was the number one option last year, anytime Beal was out, which was a very, very long time. So yeah, Kuzma filling in that role. What else could you want? He's a big wing. Another person the Lakers shouldn't have traded away and just had like Ingram, LeBron, and Kuzma all playing together. But that's okay, Lakers. It's going great, right? <laughs> right? Um... Another uh, not conference finals or finals preview, Hornets, Spurs, both of us, obviously Spurs fans. I thought because LaMelo Ball wasn't going to play for the Hornets, maybe this is the one game the Spurs will win all season. We did not. Didn't even come close. Hornets put it on the Spurs without LaMelo Ball with a low Oubre, low Terry Rozier. Spurs did start Sohan. Like the first rookie to start for the Spurs, it's like David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and Sohan. Basically, yeah. quite odd. We're in full tank mode. Anything spectacular you saw here, JR? Not spectacular, but Spurs just really have zero shooting, um, which we knew going in, but it's like really bad. In an, in an era where you like teams are shooting so, so, so many threes. I was thinking like, dang, are we like going to be sneaky good because of pop and like actually win a lot of games? But <laughs> no one can shoot threes. So I'm not like even afraid that we're going to get hot one game <laughs> and, <laughs> no and accidentally win. Um, and the Hornets, 
looked really athletic and kind of fun. I mean, they didn't even have Lamella Ball. They were they were having a good old time. Maybe it's because they're playing Spurs. I think. I think that's exactly the reason, but we'll see. Maybe we're wrong about the Hornets. Maybe they will be good this year, but against the Spurs, not exactly a hard test to pass. Rockets Hawks, JR. Hawks got the dub. Please regale us with tales <laughs> from the Hawks nest. Uh, that was one of the screens going, like I said, uh, and I was really pumped to watch Murray on the new team. Um, it hurt a little more than I thought, but the synergy, the pairing of the two guards, which we were dubious about, actually looked really good. Trey was kind of able to do his thing. Murray really locked in. They kind of just like traded, traded spaces like the ideal version of that pairing would. On the offensive side, Trey was really facilitating, doing his thing, uh, doing his little floaters. And then, <laughs> and then when they switched sides of the court, it really looked like Murray was like, okay, now this is like my five on the court right now, really locking down. He had like five steals. I think that's the game plan for them. I wonder if they're both going to be happy doing that. You know, maybe Murray wants a little more on the offensive side, but I really liked it. <laughs> Murray did look good. He, he was facilitating as well. They were kind of just going back and forth. Um, but like you're saying, is it sustainable? This was against the Rockets. This was at home. What's this going to look like when Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi are taking turns just like getting up in Trey and DeJounte once they start bickering? Yeah, I'm not rooting for it to succeed. You can hear it in my voice. I don't want it to go well. Sorry, Evan. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't do it. Maybe they can figure it out. But we'll see. We'll see. And on the other side, it was a very close game. I just want to shout out the Rockets a little bit. It was really close for a lot of the game. Looks like they're going to try really hard. Everyone's trying hard opening night, but like their players look pretty good. So they might not be as bad as we think. Good to hear. A little happiness down in Houston. Next up, this game should have been on national TV. I do not know why it wasn't at all. Uh, Pelicans at freaking Nets. Pelicans with the dub. Zion back looking incredible. His dunks, his passes, his rebounds, his blocks, his four steals. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. Can you hear the joy in my voice, folks? Ben Simmons, not on my fantasy team, fouled out. <laughs> Looked horrible. <laughs> Kyrie, very inefficient game. Pelicans, so talented. McCollum, Herb Jones, Ingram, Zion, and Jonas. Four of the five guys in that lineup can get their shot in whatever zone they need to. You know, Jonas in the post, CJ up top, Zion and Brandon anywhere. And Herb is, I don't know, top 10 defensive player in the league. Even though no GM would purposely put these players together to form a perfect five, is their talent just going to be overwhelming night after night? I was so high on this team before the season. I think we both were. And just what a showcase of like their ultimate <laughs> potential. Um, you laid it all out. I'm, I'm thinking that Zion being back, like adding a new best player to their team. They're pretty good last year. Like... <laughs> His physicality and like the gravity that he draws. Mm. It's like it's like Steph, but in a different way, like on the inside, because we were watching Ben Simmons try to guard him. And Ben Simmons is good at defense, right? I mean, he hasn't played in a year like he's good at defense. It's like he wasn't even there when Zion was like backing him down and bumping him and going right to the rim. Like it's going to take like a center to stay between him and the basket physically, but then that person's not going to be quick enough. So Zion is just a monster. And you think, in theory, the perfect guy for that would be Ben Simmons. Because he's, he's not a rail. Right. He's got a little meat on his bone. But Zion, this new, slightly slimmer, more compact Zion, was just pushing him around and flying down the court. 
And again, just like the Hawks, this could be a fit thing. Eventually, does Brandon Ingram just get upset? But he kind of reminds me, demeanor-wise, of Clay Thompson. Just like, hey, I'm not going to do anything on the court. Just like, let me get my buckets. Like, I'm not going to be like, I want the ball. And the Pelicans are not this major market team. So we don't get the massive daily coverage that we would with the Warriors or the Lakers. But I don't hear Brandon Ingram inklings linking out, leaking out. So who knows? I mean, if CJ McCollum is this great diplomat, I mean, president of the Players Association, maybe this team is headed for the Western Conference Finals. After game one, it looked like it. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Uh, And on the other side, Durant looked amazing. And my takeaway from the Nets were, is it that surprising that Ben Simmons and Kyrie didn't look great after not having played for a long time? Like they struggled, but it just kind of makes sense. I wonder if they'll clearly they showed that they're going to need some time to ramp back up if they can. But I don't know how much stock I'm going to put into their struggles night one. The biggest thing for me is like, man, Nick Claxton is not what everyone thinks he is. Like he's, Really bad at defense. Like, he's not this skinny, hyper-athlete. He's not even JaVale. I mean, he's not a good center. He he can't he can't roll strong. And there's another really weak point in their starting lineup that also contains Ben Simmons, who can't shoot. And when Ben Simmons goes on the J.J. Redick pod and is like, well, no one says, like, you know, Giannis can't shoot, but he's still awesome. It's like, man, bud, like, you really don't get it. You think you're Giannis? You think you're putting up the 50 nuggets right. <laughs> in the finals? And, newsflash, Giannis can kind of shoot, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most important game of his life. He went perfect from the free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> so, I agree. This team, even though Simmons and Kyrie have been on the team technically with each other for since February, they haven't played right. at all. Yeah. And any way this team goes, as it looks right now, will just be how incredible can Kevin Durant be? He's going to be pretty incredible for this team to hold up against the other contenders in the league. After this, we're going to get to the rest of these contenders and the rest of these games. Stay tuned. about it already zach levine did not play didn't matter demar Derozan came out steaming hot beat the heat on the road bulls heat jimmy butler scored the massive majority of his points from the free throw line his hair was looking crazy tyler <laughs> hero was looking good bam out bio did his low bammy stuff the bulls and the heat i don't know i wasn't really surprised by anything from this game <laughs> Uh, Caruso looked fine. Vush got a 16. I always underestimate the Heat, but I think this year it's okay because they really didn't add anything else to the squad after losing P.J. Tucker. Just, I'd be fine with seeing this in a first-round playoffs, JR. Sure. <laughs> I, Let's call it right now. Bulls got home court advantage. Who's going to win? Seven-game series. Well, I'm always pretty high on the Heat, so I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, I think... Um, I want to see him with Levine. The Bulls still need to be healthy. They won't be with this whole Lonzo Ball situation. And the Heat, just a well-coached team. They're going to win the majority of their games. Let's move on. Cavs wraps another possible Eastern Conference playoff matchup. My biggest takeaway from this was the young guys, Mobley, Barnes. They were just athletic, defensive freaks. They made so many great plays and... I mean, I don't even want to... Mitchell scoring his 31 was just kind of this little side piece as the Raps ended up winning. You just hate to play this team of legit all 6'9 guys. Yeah. With Barnes. Ananobi looked good. Siakam looked great. Fred Van Vliet. Gary Trent, who the Raptors announcers love to mention that he's from Canada. (laughs) They just keep (laughs) saying that. Um, Yeah, both teams looked really, really good. And 
Raps pulled that one out, but Mitchell fit well. Barnes has continued his development, and both teams are weird to play. Can't wait to keep seeing them. <laughs> both teams are weird to play. It's so rare, and they're probably the only team that they just get like an equal contribution, the Raptors, from all of their guys. It's really amazing. It's great to watch. They pass because of that. Like, no one feels like I'm the alpha of this team. I mean, if anything, it's it's weird because Fred Van Vliet and Siakam and Ananobi are NBA champions. Mm-hmm. Like, Siakam and Fred Van Vliet had major parts on an NBA championship run. I just, you just forget that because it seems like that team was so off in the distance. And even if the Warriors did beat them, even if they were healthy in 2019 against the Raptors, they still got there. They still beat all the Eastern Conference teams. Fred Van Vliet was the most important person on that squad in the later run besides Kawhi. So why wouldn't they be confident? Why wouldn't they believe in themselves? I mean, this Raptors team, again, just a beast to play. (laughs) Cavs wraps. Good game. Sorry the Cavs are under 500. I bet they won't be for long. (laughs) Next up, two teams. Didn't expect a good game out of these squads. Thunder T Wolves, but who but the old, the one and only Rudy Gobert <laughs> came out and had a steamer of a night. JR, were you locked in on Gobert last the night? The notorious Rudy Gobert. He <laughs> he had an amazing debut on his new team. I mean, the second team he's ever played for, right? Um mm-hmm. in a in a period where te- players seem to move teams a lot. He's been on the Jazz for a long time. This was a fresh start for him. Uh and he took advantage of it. We were talking bad about his fit with cat they actually looked pretty good cat threw him a lob like the i think they oh, like each fun. other um his defense is usually <laughs> there at the end of the third quarter uh he did this thing where he like tipped a pass and he knocked it into the backcourt and he sprinted down caught it and did like a little floater like from just inside the three-point line swish <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> yeah it was the most I've ever liked Rudy Gobert. If he's going to play like that, because he scored a lot of points too. I don't know if that was intentional by the Timberwolves, but Anthony Edwards was struggling. I don't think that'll happen many nights this season. So Gobert really stepped up. D'Angelo Russell scored a lot of points too. So in a night where the their should-be best player was struggling, everyone else stepped up. I know they were playing the Thunder, so not a good team, but that synergy was there for sure. Pelicans North? question mark Mm. weird fit but just super talented (laughs) i wouldn't go that far but after (laughs) night one absolutely (laughs) they were playing the thunder who if there's gonna be a team that gobert thrives against it's gonna be them because big man rotation no bueno even if chet was healthy yeah still no bueno sga looked great as he always does, just getting up his points on a team that's not going to win a lot of games. But T-Wolves Thunder, we'll see you when you play an actual team, T-Wolves. Yeah. We'll come back. Mm-hmm. Two teams that are probably going to be 11-10 seed, 9-10, 11-12 range. Blazers Kings, back and forth all night long. Blazers got the win. Nobody looked great. I locked in on this game for some bizarre reason. Wanted to see how the Blazers are doing. Dame didn't look great. DeAndre, De'Aaron Fox, he he got up like 30 points, but it wasn't in a win. And that's the problem with the Kings is they're trying to fit this whole thing together with Barnes and Sabonis. And then the Blazers, they got Anthony Simons and Nurkic and Jeremy Grant. They're just both okay squads. And without a really, really strong coach, uh, they got Chauncey Billups out there and the Blazers and Mike Brown, new coach on the Kings. Like, I don't I don't see either of these teams going particularly far. And all the Kings lovers out there probably saw their worst fear, which was just kind of same old, same old, can't put away another same mediocre range team that you have to get those kind of wins when you're going to play the Warriors, when you're going to play the Suns, when you play all these other great teams at the Western Conference night after night, you got to beat the Blazers. Everyone counts for the Kings at this point. And right now, they're 0-1. Yeah, what really 
like what hurts me the most about the Kings is I just want Sabonis to be better than he is. He had 13, four and five last night. It's not like terrible, but he's supposed to be the sidekick. I don't know if he if they want to be better. Maybe that's too much to put on him. He was never supposed to be that. Maybe. <laughs> but like, I just want him to be better. You got to get 18 and 10. If you're that guy, no one's in your way for boards, Sabonis. So get in there, get some boards and put up some buckets. I mean, you're going against Nurkic. And, and Nurkic plays a little dirty, especially against the other Europeans. Nurkic gets down and dirty. But Sabonis, you got to get downer and dirtier. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to probably the shocker of the night. The Jazz, honestly, dominating the Nuggets. Nuggets pushed a little bit in the fourth quarter, and the Jazz pushed right on back. JR, as our man in the mine, please tell us about the Nuggets. Well, Jokic, Jokic said it himself. Murray's going to suck for the first 20 games. Um, <laughs> he legitimately said that. It's crazy. <laughs> so that that's the starting off point, and it wasn't really just him. The team, I think even themselves, like I did, I was like, oh my God, offensively, are they going to score like 140 points per game this season that everyone, including themselves, may have (laughs) forgotten that they need to play defense on the other side of the ball? (laughs) Um, But we talked about this a little earlier today. We think that the Jazz, at least in these first couple games, might be almost like a a trick team. Like, (laughs) who knows what they're going to do? The, the Nuggets surely didn't. Yeah, I mean, you got Conley and Clarkson, the same from last year. But then Vanderbilt, he's got free reign, even though he fouled out in that game. Laurie Markinen, surprise, he's starting. <laughs> Walker Kessler, there's a lot of weird guys. How do you scout for a team that you've never seen before? The Nuggets probably should have figured it out. Jokic had a good game for him, not a great game. The Jazz were ready to play, and the Nuggets were not ready to play back. No. The the two guys coming back struggled. Aaron Gordon was a sweet spot. He he had a mm-hmm. lot of points. But even at halftime when they were down, you know, what, more than 20 points, I was kind of like, okay, slap in the face. But they're, they've got to come back in huge deficit, but still beat this Jazz team, right? Like you said, the Jazz kind of showed some life and some strength. They did not want to lose that game. Yeah, and we can't forget to mention Sexton Mm -hmm. because he was just like, Nikola Jokic, who? Two-time MVP, what? Those are mine. (laughs) Like, he was going right at him, and the Nuggets, I think they were just looking ahead to the Warriors games. I don't know, but the Jazz took it to them. Like, Nuggets got a little close, and Jazz just pushed right back. It, It just... It's disappointing. You want to see the Nuggets come out and just, you know, blow them up. Yeah. But they didn't. They they will soon, though. This was yeah. an anomaly. Has to be. Just a blip. Gotta be. Has to be. Next up, first overtime game of the season. Knicks, Grizz. Grizz ended up with that win. JR, you said this was the center of attention in that early slot on your screens. What happened? Did the Knicks blow it or did the Grizz steal one? What happened? Uh, I will say that the team that I was rooting for, the Knicks, they looked pretty good. Um, I think I mentioned this at the beginning. I was watching it with some Grizzlies fans. And as their lead started to slip that they had built up, they were complaining. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is what the Grizzlies did all the time last year. They're so young. They get on this hot run. But the second that that starts to falter, they really cool down really fast and they lose whatever lead they had built up. And that's exactly what happened last night. The Knicks under their new facilitator Brunson looked really good. <laughs> I think that he had the debut that he needed to now that he's playing in New York at the end of the game, at the end of the regular regulation, <laughs> jaw had a chance to score and win the game and Brunson just stepped right in front of him took a perfect charge basket didn't count it's that kind of stuff that like when you're playing in that market kind of the volatile market of New York or like Philadelphia if you do stuff like that the team and the city are going to get really get behind you I think that contract was super worth it it went into overtime almost double overtime the revival of Cam Reddish and the Knicks almost sneaked one out (laughs) 
Yeah, I saw Evan Fournier just line up, presence of mind, wait for a second, shoot the three. About as great a look as you could possibly want. I feel like Evan Fournier has been their go-to guy for like last second shots just like that. And he just didn't hit this one. Didn't get that double overtime. Grizzlies looking athletic, looking fast. Yeah. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. Jaw looks amazing. He was, I think he knew, he knew it was opening night. He was trying to do his 2K like flashy passes. A lot of them <laughs> didn't work. But when he just like stuck to his fundamentals... There wasn't a spot that he couldn't get to on the court. So he's continuing to be amazing this year. Yeah. Uh, I was really kind of hoping the Knicks would pull this one out just to get another one of those side talk videos. Mm. I don't know if the rest of the NBA world or our just personal friend group. I mean, I, everyone loved it <laughs> in the beginning, but we would send it out. I don't know. Every two weeks yeah. just to really enjoy. <laughs> I <laughs> can't even say all the things we love from that obviously bing bong the guy who like basically is having a mini seizure at some point when tom brady gets thrown to the mix check it out if you haven't seen it in a while because i know everyone's seen it. it's just a jam yeah. just a pure jam and i wanted another one we were so close so so close oh we were close someone else who was close was luka Doncic. Hell of a game against the Suns. Couldn't finish it, though. Chris Paul, not a great game. Devin Booker, incredible game from Booker. And I'm looking at this. Christian Wood scores like 16 straight points at one point. Spencer Dinwiddie, great first half, doesn't start in the second half. Like, what are the Mavs doing? It kind of seemed like they were just going to win the game and they let the Suns just beat them at the end. It really seemed to me, now I don't want to do conspiracy here, but Jason Kidd, did he sabotage the opening night for them? Because they were super on track to get that win. (laughs) Didn't want to have a a dub over the Suns to get the Suns to get them back later? Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but that seems like what was happening. Huge lead in the first half, Christian Wood playing out of his mind. And what do you do? Hey, Christian Wood, you're not going to play anymore. Let's put Maxi out there, who didn't really do very much. Like, I don't know, just ride the momentum. It seemed like he had the game plan in his head and wasn't going to deviate no matter what was happening. Not a good look, in my opinion, from Jason Kidd. Some regular season games mean more. And if you just don't let the Suns beat you all season and then you happen to play them in the, in the playoffs again. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's good to win the mental thing. Now, Popovich wasn't about that either back in the day with the Spurs. He would never show his full stuff to especially other contenders. And he would stick to the plan. So maybe Jason Kidd's going to do that. But guess what, Jason Kidd? You don't got Manu, Tony, and Tim Duncan. You got one of those guys. You got Luka, who is insane and was still laughing at the Suns. But Booker fought back the best he could. Booker is not on Doncic's level, but Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, Campaign, all of these guys. If Luka was in the Booker spot, Suns like 80 and 2. Oh my gosh. 81 and 1. <laughs> For sure. Kind of a tangent here, but I want to point out something that I just don't really understand. The Suns played Jock Londale a lot of minutes. <laughs> And here's what I don't understand about it. This is a guy who last year on the bad Spurs team couldn't couldn't stay on the court, couldn't get any minutes. And then like an offseason later, he's playing many, many minutes for the Phoenix Suns. I just don't understand. Like, did the Suns not know that he was bad? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like they could have had Jalen Smith. Yeah. On their team for a very similar amount of money. Yeah. For folks who don't know Jacques Londale, he was that white guy with like the blonde curly hair that you were like, who is that guy? I mean, Aiton got in foul trouble and then they went to Londale who really can't do anything. No, he can't. <laughs> he was a good player in the Australian league and he's a nice guy, but that those minutes, the Lawndale minutes, got to go <laughs> if you're a Phoenix Sun fan. Yeah. And you'll learn soon enough. But I'm just letting you know now it's not going to go well if Jacques is out there. 
It's not going to go well at all. We're recording right now, Thursday night. We're going to check out how the Bucks sixers game is going so far. And we'll be back to talk about that and a buzzer beater after this break. We are back. The Bucks are back. Bucks and Clippers, the only two teams we have not seen yet. We got to record Thursday night. How are the Bucks doing against the Sixers, JR? Uh, into the third, Bucks got a 10 point lead on the Sixers. It's 73 63. Giannis already almost with a triple double. <laughs> he has 15, 11, and 8 right now. Coming out of nowhere, Brooke Lopez leading the Bucks right now and scoring with 16. On the other side, taking it to Joel, taking it right at Joel. That's kind of what we said last time. He's not really locked in on the defensive end. Brooke Lopez is leading the Bucks right now. But on the Sixers, <laughs> kind of the usual suspects Embiid, Maxine Harden, each with 15. Looks like the Bucks might pull away, though. <laughs> Rough look for the Sixers playing against probably the only two other teams in the Eastern Conference that are better than them. To start the season. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Sixers, but, you know, you'll rack up some wins later. We still believe in just the overall talent of the squad. You just might be not on that A tier in terms of playoffs yet. Clippers, we don't know how they're looking. Haven't seen them yet, but we promise we'll do a little Clippers segment. You best believe I'm going to be locked in on Kawhi tonight after we finish recording. So stay tuned and be ready for next week's episode when I give a steaming hot Clippers take after these first few games. I just can't believe the NBA is actually back. The enjoyment I had, the excitement, I got like myself more excited than I thought. Were there any just like pure joy moments you had, JR? There was. There was a moment when our living room erupted <laughs> um, in excitement, and I felt the joy of basketball truly back. Um, during the Knicks-Grizz game, uh, Jalen Brunson got a steal, and he's pretty small, right? <laughs> so he starts running down the court, leading the fast break, no one in front of him. From the top of the screen, you just see Jaw like, put his head down and start sprinting behind him. And he did one of his jaw, like, jump really high, both hands slam against the backboard blocks. Yeah. <laughs> And our living room just went nuts. <laughs> it was incredible. That's what you want to see. You want to see like hyper athleticism, your team doing awesome. We're not going to see that a while with the Spurs, but we'll find our little other <laughs> mini teams. I got a couple buzzer beaters before we go. First one, real short, real, real sweet, real gentle. I love ESPN's new broadcast. Sound was a little weird, but just the look of it, it seemed a little more zoomed in. The picture looked really, really high quality. And I'm a huge fan, very clean, not too much stuff at the bottom with like the score and the time. Like I just need to see the score and the time. That's it. If it could just be those two things, I don't need to know who has any timeouts. Like this isn't Michigan and Chris Weber. No one's calling an extra timeout. I don't care. Like I don't need to keep track of that. This is not the end. NFL, like, just clean it up. That's all. I don't care about fouls. I don't even really, like, yeah, I don't even know that. Just the announcers will say it. It's fine. ESPN, Stan Van Gundy, you talk a little too much. That's coming from me, so you know <laughs> it's you talk way freaking too much. That was just my little first quarter buzzer beater. My real buzzer beater is a plea to the world. Those of you who listen to this pod and are in the Venn diagram of also know what I look like know that there is a person <laughs> who sits courtside at the Boston Celtics games. I and my family have called him Boston Carter. My name's Carter. His name certainly has to be Carter because this guy's my doppelganger. <laughs> I noticed him first in the playoffs this past year, and he always sits. It's him. We believe a friend of his. In the playoffs, it was that friend's sister, we think, and that friend's dad, George Sr., Emily, George Jr., and Boston Carter. Boston Carter and the friend love Jalen Brown. They always wear their Jalen Brown jerseys together. JR, 
I think it would be weird if we would go to every game and just wear the exact same jersey <laughs> of the same player. Why not wear just two different jerseys? So there must be affiliated some way with Jalen Brown. The dad's very old, but he doesn't look like <laughs> tall enough to be an ex-NBA player. This is my buzzer beater, JR. Let me keep going. In the opening night, Emily, the daughter, missing. <gasps> Where's Emily? Back in college, obviously, <laughs> because of the playoffs, she was free. Now she's back in college. We think probably West Coast, Stanford, just a generalization. The mom, Claire, was there. George Cena was in Claire's ear the whole time. They were just talking, talking, <laughs> talking. And he was wearing just not even a jersey, just like a little sweater. I guess it's cold in Boston already. And they're just yapping it up. It's like, well, that's weird. You're not going to lock in on the game. So these people have to go to every single regular season game, is my thought. They're right behind where their coach stands. Boston Carter's poking his head around because I think Ime and him had a thing where like Ime wouldn't stand in front of him because that never happened in the playoffs. The new guy's still getting the ropes sitting in the front row. So that's all the information I have about them. Please, if you know anyone in Boston and you know what I look like and you know who I'm talking about, at DimesPod on Twitter, DimesPod at gmail.com. Connect us. If this guy's real name is Carter... It's destiny, folks. We got to get him on the pod. JR, likelihood that we meet this guy. One to ten. What do you think? Um, how, how much time do we have? Uh, I'd say, well, my plan is to go to whatever, whenever the Spurs play the Celtics. I need to sit as close as possible and on the screen. So he's going to watch the game, obviously. Yeah. So he sees me and he's like, San Antonio Tommy or whatever, you know, like, his name's Thomas. I don't right. know. But so what do you think? At least by that game odds. Well, my answer is I think at that game, it will set the plan in motion. He'll see you have the same exact experience you're having. He will send out his team to find you as well. So it'll be two search parties and they have to find each other. So I'd put this at a nine or a 10 on an eventual meeting for sure. I think that's a lock <laughs> folks for that kind of content and more, make sure you follow the pod, follow us on Twitter and we will be back next week with another episode of dimes. If you like fantasy basketball, get ready. The fantasy zone, fresh one coming on Monday. We have all new players we got to pick up. We're talking turnovers. We're talking free throw percentage. All the most exciting things to possibly speak about. <laughs> Please follow the pod. Thank you for listening. JR, any parting words? I'm going to be watching a lot of Atlanta Hawks basketball this year. <laughs> I'm not. Goodbye, everybody. 